Tango Tango Papa 2132, June 30th, 2023. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime? Or merely an illusion? The product of a tortured brain? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Miles here with you coming to you this evening from Huntsville, Texas. So uh, it's been, I guess, just a little over a month since the last podcast. Uh, Maybe a couple of days past a month since the last one. So I have been home and took took time off uh just came back to work about i don't know three or four days ago and so uh you know i thought that i'd probably do a podcast while i was home but uh never did get around to it i was uh actually pretty busy this last time i had uh dental cleaning appointment and then i had a uh an eye exam, because it's been about a year since the last time I had, uh, you know, after I got done with the cataract surgery and the, the three follow-up visits, then they sent, you know, then they made a reminder uh, for about a year, so they called me and left a voicemail, and so I went ahead and made an appointment, and, uh, so, got a clean bill of health uh, so far with uh, cataract surgery. Everything He said everything looked great. So, uh, the next one, uh, I guess they'll, they'll, they set a reminder for an, a year and a half. So, they'll contact me in about a year and a half, and uh, then we can set up another uh, exam. And... Uh, my parents were around, so uh, went and hung out with them, and uh, you know, and then of course, kind of hung out with uh, all of my different friends at home, you know, eating out and what have you. So, uh, kind of typical uh, five days off, you know. But uh, like I say, I never did get around to. Uh, recording a podcast so here I am now (laughs) so uh, it has gotten hot it's been hot the past uh, few days while I was home the one day of course I always have to mow during the summer when I'm home and uh, so the morning that I picked you know I started mowing it was about eight o'clock in the morning and by the time I got done, I worked up quite a bit of sweat, even even though it's a riding lawnmower. Uh, but that that particular day, whichever one it was, was extremely humid. And then after that, the it still was kind of hot, but then the humidity sort of dropped off. So now down here in Texas, it, it could be hotter than this. It, it, don't get me wrong; it's kind of hot. But it could be worse. <clears throat> it uh, was, you know, it's like hovering, you know, the high, 
is hovering right around 100 degrees or so, or just under. And, uh, you know, it, it seems that that's pretty much what's happening back up at, you know, back up in, at home in northwest Arkansas as well. So it's, this heat's probably over a, a wide area, but 198, 99, 100 degrees really isn't terrible. Uh, you know, I've seen, I remember years where, you know, this one year in particular, this goes way back into the probably the 70s sometime in the late part of the 70s I remember you know because I lived up in Kansas at that point and there were a number of days in a row where it got uh, like you know like 110 degrees 113 degrees just day after day after day of that so uh you know, 99 degrees or 100 degrees, uh, really, I mean, it's not that bad. And that, that pretty much you can expect that to happen every year, depending on, you know, depending on which area of the country that you're in. And then, it, you know, now, apart from that one day that I, when I was mowing, that was a humid day. And then all the days since then uh, have been uh, fairly low humidity. One of the ways you can tell is you look off in the distance and uh, everything kind of looks clear. If it doesn't look really hazy, typically then that, that's a good indication that the humidity uh, is quite a bit lower. Other, you know, and of course you can just feel it, you know, so, but, uh, so anyway, uh, like I say, I'm back at work and, uh, so right now I'm on my way to unload tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. at uh, Houston. And then uh, after that's unloaded, the next load picks up in uh, Fort Worth. That should be a drop and a hook in Fort Worth sometime tomorrow afternoon. And then uh, that load delivers... Uh, early in the morning on July the 5th in Salt Lake City. So I've got my uh, work cut out for me for the uh, next uh, few days. So I have a, a voice file that uh, Joel sent uh, soon after the last podcast that I'm going to play. It's about five five minutes and change long and uh you know he's kind of talking about i've already listened to it he, he's talking kind of about his uh watches his watch experience <clears throat> of course i uh you know i bought the i uh, talked about it in the last podcast i bought this galaxy watch pro so far, I'm very happy with it. Uh, it has a really good battery life. Uh, you know, it, it, typically now I don't necessarily charge it to a hundred percent. Typically, and it charges really quick is the other thing that's amazing. So typically, what I'll do is maybe when I'm brushing my teeth, you know, cleaning my teeth at night before I go to bed. I might uh, throw it on the charger for, you know, in, you know, some number of minutes, 
and that'll boost it up enough to where you know it's not 100 percent, but it boosts it up enough where it'll you know i can run it easily the next day without it having to worry about it uh running out of juice uh or sometimes in the, you know if i forget to do it then and i can do it in the morning you know when i first wake up put it on the charger as i'm getting dressed and what have you it you know might take me you know i'm it depends on how fast I am, because sometimes I'm kind of slow about that. So, uh, but that's long enough to kind of give it enough of a charge where uh, I know that it's going to last the the rest of the day. But uh, you know, the thing would probably the you know the way I've uh, got it set up, it probably would go about four days without. Uh, having to be charged you know so uh but the with it charging that quickly uh you know it's yeah i really uh you know and i'm using the like a it's a wireless charger it's got a you know it's kind of a round flat th disc thing that came with the watch that plugs it and it, it, it came the watch also came with a usb uh power brick so uh you know i that's what i have here in the truck <coughs> and uh it actually it charges very quickly i don't know what the wattage rating is for the uh charger now one thing i did do uh when i'm at home i don't like you know i don't like carrying things from the truck into the house because the more things i carry into the house uh, the more things I have to remember to put back in the truck when I'm ready to go back to work a few days later. So things like chargers and charging cables, I duplicate in the house. Uh, you know, and that way I, I, you know, like the phone chargers or the, the you know, and the different cables for uh, charging, you know, different things. I simply leave them in the truck and then I've, you know, kind of got them duplicated in the house. So I needed an extra charger uh, for the house. So, you know, I made a trip to uh, Best Buy to buy a, you know, a charger, which I bought. But then <coughs> while I was there, I... Uh, <laughs> decided to peruse the uh, computer department while I was there and uh, you know and sometime back I probably mentioned it but this has probably been more, uh, more than a year ago I was really kind of interested they had uh, back then they had on display in Best Buy they had a 32 inch uh, I'm yeah it was a 32 inch uh, HP all-in-one machine and I was kind of interested in buying one but then they just had the display and there was no uh, they had no stock you know and uh, that was kind of disappointing and then you know I kind of forgot about it and then uh, so the other day when I was in my local Best Buy there at home uh, <laughs> Walked by, you know, walked over to the computer uh, area of the store, and lo and behold, 
32 inch HP all in one for set, you know, and then they had two in stock right underneath the display unit. Uh, $1,500. It was like $1,499.99. So $1,500. And, uh, you know, so it's 32 inch 4K, one terabyte. Uh, SSD, so they're not fooling with the, the hybrid drive situation anymore, at least with that one. Uh, although they still are on some other machines, which is, I just find that asinine, that they, you know, that all the drives now at this point aren't, uh, you know, that are in computers that aren't uh, SSDs, but uh, in any case, this one is, uh, you know, it's a SSD, it's one terabyte SSD. So it didn't take me long, and I decided I'm just, you know, on a whim, I bought one. You know, I bought it, and uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. And so I, you know, of course, I've had a 27-inch HP all-in-one at home for, uh, I guess, about six years now. So I, and then I also had an, a, a Lenovo, it was like a 24-inch Lenovo machine that I've had even longer than that. And so I uh, ended up, what I ended up doing was, uh, you know, completely uh, reformatting the uh, Lenovo machine, you know, with a, you know, kind of a fresh install, you know, sort of... Uh, complete reset of it and uh, after I did that I donated it to uh, Goodwill <laughs> so that that makes a great way of uh, getting rid of something like that you know because I'm not home enough you know not home you know I don't want to try to fool around uh, trying to sell something like that on Facebook marketplace uh, it's just easier for me to, you know, when I'm done with something like that, and especially since it worked. It wasn't the fastest thing in the world, but it worked. So I, uh, like I say, I donated that to uh, Goodwill, uh, along with, a, I had a, like a battery-operated Black & Decker vacuum cleaner, an extra one. So I donated that as well at the same time. So got rid, kill, kind of till, kill two birds with one stone. But uh, in any case, it, it it can be kind of dangerous for me to make a trip to Best Buy. You know, because usually if they, you know, I'll kind of make a trip in there and walk around the store and look. And there's normally if they don't really, if they don't have anything that I don't really want or, or really need uh you know i like as not i come out i'll come out of the store empty-handed but in this case they just happened to have and i guess i was talking to a guy and he said well we just set that display up so that's that display was pretty new the 32 inch all-in-one and uh you know, so I just happened to walk in there at the right time, and they, like I say, they had a couple of them in stock. So I bought it, and uh, pretty happy with it. So, but, uh, so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play uh, Joel's comment. So here is Joel. 
Hey Tom, Joel McLaughlin here. Uh, just got out of Planet Fitness after missing my workout yesterday. I got a page two hours before the start of my shift. So basically started my shift early, my on-call shift, and then it ended up being something I had to babysit all day. Um, but uh, I just made my trip to York, Pennsylvania last weekend. It was a really great trip. Got to see some re really old friends. That's where I ended up graduating high school from. Uh, but it was a band event for 100 years of music construction at the school district that uh, I graduated from, uh, West York Area School District or West York Area High School. So, um, but a few weeks ago, I bought a Google Pixel Watch because uh, I heard you talking about your Galaxy Watch. I have a Pixel phone, so I thought, yeah, let's get the Pixel Watch. Um, mainly because before that, I was using a Wise smartwatch, which is a very cheap one, $30. And it does a lot of what some of the other stuff does, but it does not have a full suite of notifications and stuff. So uh, it's a lot simpler. The battery lasts a lot longer on it than it did this, but it also takes a lot longer to charge. This Pixel Watch now, I'm sitting at 40-some percent uh, after wearing it last night for sleep tracking and uh, doing my workout this morning. And uh, it uh, probably will try. I can probably get it to charge to 100% before I leave for church uh, at about 9.30-ish. Uh, and uh, it's almost 8.30. So... But I, I really like it. I haven't tried. I think it, it, it can take phone calls. I haven't really tried one with it. Um, I think it does have a voice recorder in it. Really haven't thought about it. Because um, most of the time I do a show uh, from my uh, home office. Uh, it's not, I don't do the old life in Ohio I used to do. Where it would be probably easier to do stuff like that but uh i'll have to try it i haven't really tried it much i know voxer doesn't have a plug-in for wear os so uh um there doesn't seem to be a phone version of the app i get notifications from voxer but that's about it um the one thing i wish it did have it does have the ecg on it uh but the one thing i wish it did have was uh, the pulse oximeter, which is or blood oxygen, uh, that would be handy. And it's kind of more important for me to watch that since uh, I do have sleep apnea. Uh, but I do have the little finger thing, the same thing the doctor uses, so I can measure that at home if I really want to. Um, and it does a good job. It doesn't only takes a few seconds for it to get the. Uh, uh, blood oxygen, or I could also put my, uh, I guess I technically could probably put my wise watch, uh, charge it up and put it on my right hand <laughs> if I wanted to, but that's a little bit overkill. I'll only wear one of them, but, um, I guess the, the wise watch I, I could probably wear during, uh, uh, like, uh, say if I'm away from home and I didn't want to take the charger for the, the, uh, 
either watch because I could probably like if I do that trip like I did to Pennsylvania, if I started that at a hundred percent, I probably could um, have it work all weekend until it goes home because it it promises like seven days of battery life, uh, which is phenomenal, but. Uh, I don't think I've gotten close to that, but I have gotten around four. So that shouldn't be a problem. So little weekend trips, it's actually not a bad one to wear if I don't want to take as much. But the cable, it's, the cables themselves don't really cost that much. Like uh, I'm probably going to at one point order an extra um, cable for the Pixel Watch so that I can have one in my bedroom or somewhere downstairs. And one upstairs that way i don't have to go upstairs yeah i'm lazy um <laughs> but so so far i really like it um so i'm gonna go back to listening to your show i had to have to head home and uh uh get ready for church um in the booth today switching the cameras for the live stream so take care okay well thank you joel so uh anyway i had a uh <laughs> kind of an embarrassing thing happened. Uh, and this this would have been, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago now or close to a couple of weeks ago. So I was in uh, Hackettstown, New Jersey, picking a load of candy up there. Yeah, so it was a drop and hook load. And... Uh, you know, and I've been been to that place many times in the past. So, uh, you know, so you know, you there they've got a guard. You know, there's this female guard, and so I, you know, you go through the thing. She looks at the trailer and what have you, and then uh, go in there and drop the empty trailer. And then you have to bobtail around at the back and get the paperwork for the load and then come back to that same area because they've got all of the trailers mixed, uh, you know, from different carriers and some of them are loaded and some of them are empty and they've got them all kind of mixed up. They don't don't separate them. So, uh, <laughs> so I went back and I got the paperwork and then I came back to the area and I knew which truck or which trailer I was supposed to back up to, but it's sort of a weird, they don't have very much room in that place, that particular location. And so they, it's a triangular shaped area where they have all these trailers kind of mixed in. You know, and it's, uh, they've got some of them along one edge and then some of them, you know, the rest of them are along the other edge. And so you can't, the problem is you can't really, uh, depending on where the trailer is, you can't just uh, kind of make a circle, you know, uh, with the truck, with the tractor, because they don't, uh, you know, a truck like this doesn't uh, have a very sharp turning radius. So the problem was, you know, you got to pull for, you know, pull up and then back up and, you know, two or three times to try to get the truck aimed properly to back up underneath the trailer. So I backed up to what I thought was the correct trailer. That's important. I thought that was the correct trailer. And uh, 
hooked onto it, etc., etc., and then uh, went back out to the guard shack. And of course, she is her job is to uh, log the paperwork, and then she's supposed to check everything. She's supposed to check the trailer number. She's supposed to check the seal. She didn't do those things. She just sort of stayed in her little guard shack and, uh, you know, kind of logged the paperwork, the, the bill of lading that I had. And then I, I proceeded to leave. So the load was going, you know, that was Hackettstown, New Jersey. The load was going to... Uh, where was it going to? I think it was the load was going to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I made it all the way to uh, the Knoxville, Tennessee area, where I stopped. Uh, we have a yard uh, outside of Knoxville, company yard. I stopped, and I... Uh, suddenly realized that's not the right trailer. I didn't have the right trailer. In fact, I had an empty trailer. You know, now you would have thought that I thought, well, you know, that the trailer seemed like it was light, but uh, I've had plenty of times where I've picked up a load that, uh, you know, that sometimes there are light loads. You know, they're not necessarily heavy loads. Sometimes they're light. And, you know, they're, it's almost like pulling an empty trailer around. So, you know, but I should, you know, really I should should have checked closer. And so I, what happened once I discovered that the trailer was, uh, that I'd messed up and I'd hooked onto the wrong trailer, I immediately called uh, my company and uh, told them. I'm sure that's not the first time that's happened. Uh, first time it's happened to me, <laughs> but uh, in any case, I uh, you know I called them and told them, and then they ended up voiding me off of that load, and then I ended up with a you know with the the next day I ended up with another load that picked up at uh, you know in the Knoxville area going somewhere else, but. You know, and I, I think what happened because I, you know, I had to back up and pull forward, pull forward and back up two or three times to try to hit the right trailer. I made the assumption that I backed up to the correct trailer. And that, and, and then she was making the assumption that I had the correct trailer. probably you know almost every time if she actually got out and checked it would be the correct trailer and you know virtually every time I back up to a trailer it's the correct trailer but what that that points out that uh, you know it's the thing I love to talk about all the time we make models of the world. We, you know, we don't check everything. I know people, there are people who say, well, you should just check, you know, check this and check that. And check all, you know, be detail-oriented and check all the details. Yeah, right. But in order to function in the, in the real world, you know, we make models of things in our brain. 
and especially after you know we've done something a bunch of times the the human brain sort of automates things automates sequences of things and that's where things can kind of fall through the cracks you know so it's a You know, like I say, it's embarrassing that that happened, but uh, it's not the first time that that's happened in our, you know, in our company. And I'm certain that it uh, probably happens, you know, it's happening to somebody uh, all the time. You know, if you've got all these different, you know, thousands of trucks on the road or hundreds of thousands of trucks on the road, somebody's somewhere is going to hook up to the wrong trailer. You know, but it we do make models of the world. You know, when you you look at something, you think you're looking at the object, and in a sense, you you could say, yeah, you are. But what you're really doing is your brain has uh, constructed a model of what something should look like. And you're able to sort of recognize it. And yeah, you can kind of look at different details of it. Different portions of it. But uh, generally speaking, if it's something that you're very familiar with, you're probably not going to really see, necessarily see details. Unless you're specifically looking for them. That that was quite an interesting thing to have happen, and uh, you know, of course, I felt fool, just felt absolutely foolish, you know, for having, because I was like probably 750 miles from where I picked the trailer up, and uh, it was completely wrong, you know, just a complete complete mistake. So, (laughs) but, you know, of course, now that, you know, now I know what happened, sort of figured it out, uh, you know, that, you know, because it was normally, uh, you know, if I back up into, back up to a trailer in one motion, you know, then I can kind of look in the mirror and make sure that, you know, and and a lot of, most of the time I do, I'll look in in the mirror and make sure I've got the right trailer number, but in this case, I didn't. You know, I just made the assumption. You know, but that's also interesting, you know, the, the, the fact that the brain makes models of things. Uh, That's one of the reasons why symbols are important. You know, we have symbols such as flags. And, you know, flags are a good example. Company logos are another example. Because what those are doing, if it's a good company logo, what it's doing 
it uh, is sort of re it's maybe trying to create an impression or, or, or more importantly reinforce an impression of a product that you know let's say it's a product or a service but a product it's uh, that symbol will reinforce your perception and it sort of reinforces kind of a you know, you know a, uh, really a basic mindset so if let's say you have a product like coke coca-cola so you see the cut you know we're all familiar with the coke symbols you know the you know the, the different you know the coca-cola logos and those are as much symbols as they are uh, logos or, you know, and then they tell you what the product is too, because it's spelled out. But those are really symbols, and you, you know, and you just look at some, look at a Coke logo, and you immediately know what it is. And good logos, obviously, are that are you, you know, are that way. You look at an American flag, same thing. You know, and, and particular with flags, it's interesting because let's say an American flag or some country flag. You know, the army's defending their flag. Well, what are they really defending? They're defending a mindset. Because the, the logo is simply reinforcing your mindset. It's really reinforcing a mindset, you know, kind of keeping you locked into the, you know, whatever the mindset is. You know, and it's, you know, maybe it's a, it's a sort of an identity mindset. You know, you're an American, for example, and I'm not picking on Americans. I'm an American. I like the flag. But it's, uh, you know, you see the flag and it sort of reminds you of your, you know, your... Uh, reinforces your identity as an American for example you know so that's why symbols work and so well and it's because our brains you know our, our, we do we have to we have to uh, sort of simplify things and we make models of things and Company symbols, uh, government symbols, take advantage of the way our minds work. And of course that also uh, kind of ends up figuring in to... Uh, You know, the well, you know, I've talked quite a bit about ideological possession. So we have different axioms, different groups, you know, we have different axioms, uh, you know, sort of like basic, uh, whatever, you know, so like you can think of an axiom as sort of a basic belief that you can't get under, you, you can't really get under. It's just, uh, you know, so almost like a mode of behavior. And different ideas you know can kind of attach themselves to those axioms 
and an effective symbol, let's say a, a company logo like the Apple logo, can end up reinforcing you know to pick on the apple people sort of reinforcing the uh, you know the identity someone has as an apple customer they have their apple products and what have you so that apple logo kind of you know it, it sort of reinforces that identity and it kind of gives them a a symbol to sort of rally around You know, and then the other part of the other part of it is that uh, our minds basically are religious. You know, now I, when I say that, I don't. You know, you, you could be, you could claim that you're an atheist or whatever. But the way our the way our minds work, we have axioms, and then we have the ideas that sort of go with the axioms, and we put faith into those ideas. We put faith into those, you know, know, sort of the resulting modes of behavior. And then the symbol sort of reinforces all of it. So with the Christian, you know, it's a symbol of the cross. Now the the symbol of the cross is, I think that there's something special about that. I th- I re- you know, now I say that, uh, but you know, I, th- I really believe that there is something fundamentally there's something fundamental about the shape of the cross, the Christian cross, and I think it kind of goes beyond. Uh, you know, it's probably it, you know you could say it's almost like the ultimate symbol. But the symbol sort of reminds people, sort of, uh, you know, sort of uh, reinvigorates their identity as a Christian. But, you know, it also... You know, let's say you're not you 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 know you're not a, you're not religious or whatever, but uh, you, and you think, well, I'm an atheist, or you could think I'm logical, and I just I only ba- I base all of my behavior on logic and whatever you. Well, you're still putting faith into ideas, and you're still whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, you're still. There are, are typically there are symbols that are associated with those ideas, and those symbols remind you of those ideas. You know. So then the other the other part of that. Uh, let's see here. I want to get my quote right. I, I'm quoting myself, actually. 
let's see cancel culture and I may have I may have talked about this before in a previous podcast but this is the, this is my quote cancel culture is excommunication in the crippled religion of ideological possession so let's say someone is a leftist although they could be on the right too but it's that's it. you know right now it's on the left the all this cancel culture woke crap uh, woke the woke thing is a, is a, is sort of a quasi religion it's it's sort of a crippled religion and the people that are in the woke religion are prime examples of people that are ideologically possessed so therefore cancel culture is simply excommunication from the church of woke it's excommunication from the the church or from the uh, church of of uh, you know of the woke of the cancel you know so that's what the cancel culture is and if you think about it we all kind of could think that way you know if somebody doesn't uh, you know if a, you think a friend isn't doing you right or your your spouse isn't doing you right you know then it, 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 you know you think well I'll just uh, dump them or whatever we'll get a divorce type of thing or I'm not going to do business there anymore. I'm not going to give those people my money, etc., etc. And of course, ultimately, you, you you know you know you got your gun, bang, you're dead. <laughs> you know that's that that's where it leads. Ultimately, you know you people want to kill each other. But it goes back, it's, it's weird, because it goes back to identity. People make their identities out of, uh, you know, it could be a real religion or even, a, you know, kind of a false religion, or it could be a real religion. Somebody could be, you know, it could be a real religion, but then they're relating to it in the wrong way. You know, they sort of, uh, they're relating, you know, and that happens all the time, too. People relate to their religion, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of the religious ideas are great, but uh, you can really screw them around and take them, you know, to kind of take them in the, you know, in the wrong way. And uh, then we're back to, you know, people wanting to strangle each other. But it's really, it's really strange, you know, why would people come to blows over, you know, ideas? You know, that's, that's really, that's really strange, you know, that, that people would, you know, and they think it's okay to kill people because they're, you know, their ideology. And that's happening right now, you know, with the, this World Economic Forum. They really, they really believe that, uh, that we've only got, a, you know, like two or three years left and, uh, you know, and the world's going to overheat and there's not going to be anything we can do about it. 
we have to do something now, even if it means that millions of people are going to starve to death. That's what they're thinking. They really are thinking, they really think they're doing something great. But they, they, that's a prime example of people that are ideologically possessed. You know, they, this, what's the guy's name? Larry Fink. He think, you know, that's, uh, I think that's the guy's name is, you know, he's kind of the, in charge of BlackRock and the trillions of dollars that BlackRock has. And, you know, he's on camera uh, saying that uh, we're just going to, we're going to force people to change. They may not want to change. We're going to force them to. We're going to force them to uh, adopt the, you know, our, you know, or ad adopt the behaviors we want them to. And if people really begin to think it's okay to just force people to, you know, to, to live by your rules. In other words, that's another way of saying you're going to force people to be your slaves. But it's, uh, you know, it, it kind of all this, all this stuff kind of ties together. But it's, you know, it's really, if you think about it, you know, what would cause people to come to blows? And of course, it, it you know, it, they're taking their identity from it. And then, but a lot of them are just, uh, you know, it's, it becomes is because of the symbolism. You know, and the symbolism sort of reinforces their identity. So then they'll fight for their symbols. See, and then the other the other part about it, if you if you're fighting for you know you got your identity, you're you basically everyone wants to think that they're a good person. I think really at the end of the day, most people want to believe they're a good person, and you know of course they've got the their axioms, they've got their axes to grind, they've got their axioms, and they've got their ideas which provides them with their identity and their identities and it makes them, you know, in their own mind, it sort of makes them feel justified that they're, uh, they're really good people. And these other people are bad people and so therefore it's okay to, to fight this other person or to enslave this other person because I'm uh, doing right. I'm the one that's doing right. I'm, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm right with the world. You know, but it's really bizarre. But it, it all goes back to the fact, you know, the fact of the way that our minds work. You know, and how do you get out of that? Well, we can, you know, the world's too complicated for us to uh, know all of the details. It's just, 
you know, to be able to function in the world, you have to have a sort of a, you have to build functional models of the world, and you're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. But you develop, uh, you know, tr- you know, continue to develop your models of the w- models of the world, but uh, you have to try to be as objective and as honest with yourself as possible. And honest with other people. That's why, you know, the only way that I know of to, you know, to really be honest with myself is to sort of sit alone. You know, you can kind of sit alone uh, wherever you're at, you know, in a room or wherever. And become objective. Meaning that you allow your conscience to catch up with you. Don't try to run away. You know, distract yourself with this and distract yourself with that. Allow your conscience to catch up with you. And your conscience will lead you in the right direction. If you've got, it's been my experience, if I have the right relationship with my conscience, then I will end up being able to construct a functional model the most functional models of the world so that I'm able to interact with the world and uh, be successful with it. And if I make a mistake, then I simply go back and I figure out what, where did I go wrong and then I can correct it. Now in the case of uh, hooking onto the wrong trailer, I know what happened, uh, you know, because I pulled forward and backed up two or three times. I made an assumption, and the assumption was wrong. So I know where the, you know, where there's a pit, the where there is a pitfall right there. So it's easy to. You know, you know, because we have to make assumptions. We have to rely on these models that we create of the world in order to function. In order to function successfully, you have to rely on the models. You have to make assumptions. So I know where I went wrong and uh, therefore... I don't have to repeat, you know, I don't have to repeat it in the future. Same way with uh, kind of any mistake that I might make. But it's my experience that my conscience, if I listen to it, always leads me 
in the right direction. It always leads me to the right conclusion. Mention it once in a while. Uh, got a meditation, meditation exercise on my website, truckertompodcast.com. Up at the top, there is a link that says meditation. Click on that link. Uh, there are several MP3 files. You can either listen to them on your device, download them, uh, burn them to a CD. Or, or simply download the mp3 file onto your device, uh, however you want to do it. It's a very simple meditation technique, and uh, I can't promise that it will help everyone, but uh, I do believe that it it's, will help most people. But it's not something you do, do once and, you know, kind of forget about it. If you find that it, and it probably will help you the first time if you're really serious with it, it's up to you to keep up with it. And you want to do it, you know, especially in the beginning, probably at least twice, two or three times a day. You know, or, you know, when you first get up and then before you go to bed and then maybe even sometime in the middle of the day. And, uh... Once you and you know, once you really try it and you get the hang of it, then it becomes easy to really sort of remain in a meditative state uh, much of the time. Kind of as you go about your day. So, but that's there. Give it a try. Like I say, I can't promise that it will help everyone, but I do believe that it will help most people. But it's And if you find that it helps you, it's up to you to continue with it. So, anyway, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring this to a close and see if I can't uh, get it packaged together and uploaded. Hope everyone... Uh, has had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend coming up, and I will catch you later. Remember, Trucker Tom is like Visa. He's everywhere you want to be. Product reviews, restaurant reviews, photos, opinions, and more. Visit Trucker Tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com. You've been listening to Trucker Tom's podcast, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. All you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com.